0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Thank you so much for joining me today. And joining me in just a little while, uh, normally we'd have them from uh, start to finish, uh, but uh, should be joining me in just a, a little bit while, uh, a little while, uh, Matt Modica, because this is, after all, Tuesdays with Modica, so uh, we'll be sure to have that live up to its name. Uh, we got a uh, fun show for you today, and um, we're going to actually do a segment that was a listener suggestion, and well, listener slash... Uh, previous guest on the show, uh, Craig in Chicago, uh, if you've, you've tuned in, you, you know, uh, you know who Craig in Chicago is. He's actually been on the show a couple of times. Uh, but, uh, you know, often, uh, we'll, you know, offer some, some really good suggestions on things. And, uh, at some point last week, he said, you know, why don't you do a show or do a segment on fab bidding? And then he went on to talk about uh, some of the the issues in his league, but I just thought that was a great idea. Uh, I don't know that I've ever devoted more than just a little discussion in passing to the subject of uh, FAB bidding and and strategy uh, for FAB in general. So Matt and I are going to tackle that uh, just a little bit later on in the show. We've got a full nighttime slate tonight, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, We'll check in on the weather and some of the lineups that are in. We've got a few in already, uh, so we'll have uh, that to look forward to. And you know who's already got their lineup out, even though they're in central time. Chicago White Sox did it again. They're the best. What do you think about that, Craig in Chicago? Anyway, we'll get to all the lineups that are out a little bit later on in this segment. Uh, We'll take a look back at the very small slate from last night. Maybe small in terms of number of games, not necessarily that small in terms of notable performances. So we got a lot to break down there and uh, maybe take a look at a few of the the games uh, tonight as well. Some of those matchups. So with all that said, let's get right to it. Um, Good news uh, on Mike Trout. He uh, hit a foul ball off of his foot uh, last night's game. He expects to play today. He had x-rays on his lower leg. They came back negative. That's what you want to hear. Uh, That report uh, initially from the Los Angeles Times. And uh, sticking in Southern California, according to 570 LA Sports, Dave Roberts says that uh, Caleb Ferguson is going to be the Dodgers starter tonight. Now, last I looked, not too long before showtime, uh, it was still listed on MLB.com as TBD. I'm actually just doing a a good old refresh right now. It's still showing up as TBD, but uh, according to 570 LA Sports, it's not TBD. It's CF, Caleb Ferguson, uh, starting tonight against the Rangers and uh, for tomorrow, Kent it will be activated uh, coming back from his hip injury. Uh, so he'll face the Rangers tomorrow. So a little update there on the Dodgers rotation. Here's a little update on the Mets rotation. Noah Syndergaard, according to the New York Times, is going to get a second opinion on his uh, strained ligament in his right index finger. So uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit uh, more of... Uh, of a a definitive update there on uh, Thor. He's already missed three starts with the injury, so uh, we'll see how many more he may miss. And Chris Archer, he's had a setback, so he's going to be set to miss more time than uh, initially anticipated. He's coming back from an abdominal strain, uh, was supposed to throw a sim game yesterday, but was still feeling sore, so he has been shut down for the time being. No further word yet, though, on Archer and when he might start throwing again. So we don't really have a timetable for his return either. Elvis Andrews yesterday began a rehab assignment with uh, Frisco. And uh, he has been out since April 11th. He uh, fractured his right elbow, plunked uh, by a pitch. So he's uh, taking the next big step back to uh, returning for the Rangers. Uh, The Indians have called up Francisco Mejia, and I got to tell you this, I mean, coming into the season, I think he was one of the more targeted uh, prospects for uh, for a call up one of the more anticipated call ups and really kind of just, uh, I, I guess, maybe sort of similar to Willie Calhoun, um, you know, just sort of faded, if not quite into oblivion, certainly behind a, a, a wave or two of, of other prospects that have really uh, overtaken him this year. But uh, like Calhoun, uh, Mejia's season's been uh, hit better lately, but overall been been pretty disappointing so far this year. in AAA, he's uh, hitting just 214 on the season with a 271 on base percentage, four homers, uh, nine doubles and a triple. So just really not even quite moderate power, pretty light on power, very light on the batting average, uh, striking out more, not at a super high rate, but he is part of the reason, part of his appeal is that combination of power uh, catcher eligibility and um, a a low strikeout rate. And so far this year, his strikeout rate is 21%, uh, which is kind of just normal. Not really low. Doesn't be with the lack of power. And uh, that very ordinary strikeout rate, that really kind of sets Mejia back to the pack. And then you, you factor in that it doesn't seem like there's an obvious place for uh, Mejia to, to get regular playing time in the ideas lineup. Uh, granted, uh, Roberto Perez is a little banged up. There was actually some initial reports that were incorrect, that he was going on the DL. Um, you know, But maybe he's there as an emergency catcher. Uh, He has been playing a little bit of outfield. So, uh, you know, maybe that's the best place for him to also find a little bit of playing time. So very strange situation. If you remember last year, Mejia played a little bit of third base, try to work him in there. And it just it's like a game of whack-a-mole wherever you move Mejia to. It doesn't really seem like there's there's an urgent need. So this could be a short term call up. I'm not really completely clear exactly why Mejia was called up in the first place, but uh, he's there. I think you know you watch this to see if he plays, um, but I, I wouldn't really, you know, based on the roster crunch that the Indians ha- Indians have, and again, just the underwhelming numbers at AAA, A. This is one prospect call up that's not really getting me to go to the waiver wire and you know see what I can do to pick up uh, pick up Mejia, which three months ago would have seemed very very strange, but that's that's where I'm at anyway. Mookie Betts was activated. Now, on yesterday's show, I said I was going to bench him for the week because it really sounded like he was a few days away. (laughs) So I was very surprised by the news. Uh, Fortunately, I saw it in time. I did uh, retweet it out uh, to uh, folks on Twitter because that's where people retweet things. And, um, you know, so hopefully uh, folks got the message. Uh, I was certainly taken by surprise for it by it. And he did get in the lineup right away, uh, went one for five against the Orioles last night. So uh, if you've got a daily lineup and you didn't have to get, get the news, uh, get, get bets in there now. I, I know I'm stating the obvious. couple of other activations. These much more clear and expected uh, telegraph for days in advance. Uh, Eric Thames and Zach Britton were both activated yesterday. Uh, The Orioles didn't really have a need for Britain. Not that uh, I think he's going to be closing right away anyway, but uh, I know it's kind of weird for Buck Showalter not to bring in Zach Britton into a game, but uh, for whatever that's worth, he did not pitch in the uh, 12 inning game. And again, also not like Buck Showalter to keep uh, Britain out of an extra innings game either. That's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, with all the options uh, that he had, uh, used uh, Richard Blyer, Brad Brock and Michael Givens who ultimately gave up uh, the runs in what had been a, a scoreless tie uh, but no Zach Britton last night and also no Eric Thames and talked a bit about that on Monday's show as well talk about a roster crunch I mean I don't know where the playing time is going to come for for Thames I said it yesterday I'll say it again today I think that Craig Council will find some way to get creative with this lineup and rotate people around and Kind of spread the rest out because I I would have to think at the very least they'd want to give Eric Thames some playing time so that uh, perhaps he could be traded somewhere uh, where he'd have more value. So, uh, but did not play uh, on Monday for the Brewers uh, as they uh, lost to the Cubs seven to two. That one also went to extra innings. Uh, report here from MLB.com on Yu Darvish. Now there's a report yesterday that said uh, that Joe Madden wasn't sure if Darvish was going to be back before the all-star break. And this is another story that has kind of changed directions on a dime. Uh, according to MLB.com Darvish played uh catch yesterday and is scheduled to throw a bullpen today uh, with the Cubs visiting the Brewers. Uh, just hope that Darvish is careful when throwing that bullpen. Those things could be heavy. Uh, and then also a report here on Robinson Cano that uh, when he does return from his drug suspension, that he is not going to go back to playing second base on a full-time basis. Of course, we've got D. Gordon, who, who's doing that. Uh, should the Mariners make the postseason, Cano would be an ineligible. So, understandably, the team doesn't want to mess with D. Gordon's uh, routine. So uh, it's not clear exactly. What's going to happen there with uh, Robinson Cano? I mean, I would assume somehow they'll get him regular or close to regular playing time, Uh, but DH in Seattle is not as easy easy a place to to toss somebody in uh, as maybe with some other teams because of the presence of Nelson Cruz. But uh, that just may be another situation, kind of like Eric Thames in Milwaukee, where uh, Scott Service is just going to have to get a little bit creative perhaps and Give a bunch of people a day off here and there or move players around. Maybe give DeGore the occasional game in in center field. But I I don't know if that's going to be in the plans or not. So uh, let's go and take a little look ahead to the slate tonight. Like I said, a full slate. Uh, We've got a number of lineups out. And if you are getting ready to set your daily lineup, as I was right before the show, uh, you do not have to worry about the weather. There are a few games with a little bit of rain probability. Uh, Probably the one that's the biggest threat is the Mets at the Braves at SunTrust Park. That's a 735 start uh, in the suburbs of Atlanta tonight. And it's a 15% chance uh, of precipitation at game time. But um, looking like that's expected to taper off. And frankly, that's just not a real strong precipitation chance. To begin with, uh, a little bit of rain anticipated at Comerica Park where the Tigers are going to host the Twins. That's one where if that game were to run a little bit long, maybe have a delay because uh, around 9, 10 p.m. there's going to be an increase in the chance of rain, but it uh, doesn't look like a big deal there either. So it looks like those are the two games you, you I wouldn't even say watch, just be aware of. It uh, doesn't look like there's a big chance of precipitation, ruining any games tonight. So uh, don't worry about that as you set your lineups. As I mentioned before, the White Sox, they're always first or almost first getting their lineup out, uh, even though their game starts an hour later than the the teams that are playing on the East Coast. They are hosting the Cleveland Indians. It's James Shields and Adam Plutko. And uh, for the White Sox, uh, pretty much normal lineup for them. And nothing much to see there. And uh, no lineup yet for the Indians. Uh, we got a bunch of the 7 o'clock lineups in. Red Sox and Orioles. That's Eduardo Rodriguez and David Hefts for the Orioles. And um, for the Orioles, uh, facing the, the lefty, Eduardo Re- uh, Rodriguez. Uh, you've got Joey Rickard leading off. Although he's played quite a bit against righties, too. And... Uh, Craig excuse me, Craig Gentry in right field. So you got uh Rickard Jones and Gentry in the uh Orioles outfield, Mark Trumbo uh DHing and batting seventh, Trey Mancini playing first, no Chris Davis. Don't know if this is just a versus lefties thing or if this is just that uh Buckshow Walters had enough of Chris Davis, but no Chris Davis in that Orioles lineup, uh Red Sox lineup. Um yeah, don't see anything unusual there uh Phillies and Rockies 705 Eastern at Citizens Bank Park John Gray Aaron Nola and uh you've got what's become pretty much the the normal outfield rotation of uh, Hoskins Herrera and Williams so no uh, Aaron Altair there for uh the Phillies J.P. Crawford at third base again So pretty much uh, rolling with what they've rolled with uh, lately there in Philadelphia. Uh, Marlins hosting the Giants, Chris Stratton and Trevor Richards. No Giants lineup yet Uh, for the Marlins. uh, They're uh, going with pretty much their normal lineup. They got J.B. Shook uh, in center field, who, if you didn't know, has one of the fastest sprint speeds in the major leagues. He'll be batting eighth, playing center field for the Marlins. So uh, no Lewis Brinson there. And Ray's hosting the Blue Jays. This is the last of the lineups that I have uh, for right now. Uh, That's going to be Jaime Garcia against the opener. Ryan Stanek, no Blue Jays lineup yet, but uh, Ray's going again with uh, Duffy and Bowers at the top of the order. One, two, Crone again, uh, batting fourth. Willie Adamas playing short uh, and batting fifth. And Christian Arroyo playing uh, second and uh, batting sixth. And you got Malik Smith. In a lineup against a left handed starter. He's batting eighth. So if you need the steals, maybe consider that. So uh, that's all we got for right now. But uh, we are going to uh, head to break here. Hopefully, when we come back, we'll be joined by uh, Matt Odica. But uh, either way, with or without Matt, I'm going to be talking some fab, fab strategy, fab spending. Spend early, spend late. What do you do with your fab? So uh, don't go anywhere talking about fab right after this break
0: did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn radio app the tune in radio app
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and it is Tuesdays with Modica. I said we make good on that. Well, more accurately, Matt Modica's making good on that. Matt, welcome to the show. Glad you're here.
0: Oh uh, Yes, I'm very happy to be here, Al. Very happy to talk about what
1: we have on this next segment. that is think it's important for people. Very important for people. I thought, And again, uh, a hat tip to uh, Craig in Chicago. On suggesting the topic, uh, Craig's uh, got lots of great ideas. Um, we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, I've got a, a the announcement to, to make here and uh, a couple of uh, news updates to get to as well. So, uh, first things first. Here, you want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game? We'll go to dailyroto.com/dkms. There, you'll find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival, and while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70% or nearly 14,000 people each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help and play in a free DFS contest with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Just go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. That's dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. Uh, Matt, I uh, went through lineups right before you joined us here. Um and, I, you know, I think I need to find a better process for this because these lineups come while we're on the air and then I'm reading them on the fly and I don't want to be hemming and hawing <laughs> over the, uh, you know, radio silence here. But in my in my rush, uh, I failed to notice that Mookie Betts is out today uh, against the Orioles and David Hess. So you know, uh, Roberto... hopefully, hopefully it's just a precaution, everything like, that's. That's my hope too. Uh, it makes sense after playing first game right off the the uh, of the DL. I just said right before break I was totally taken uh, off guard by that yesterday afternoon when the uh, you know news came out that Betts was activated and I'm going to be in the lineup. I had to go to my two leagues where I have them and get him into the lineup. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully that's going to pay off, but he's sitting, uh, sitting out this afternoon or I'm sorry, tonight, no afternoon games tonight against uh, the Orioles in Baltimore. And it's going to be Eduardo Nunez leading off DHing, and J.D. Martinez in right field uh, batting third. Uh, So that's one news item I have for you. The other, uh, I have a personal stake in this one. been waiting all year for Tom Murphy to come up and he has been called up. He, uh, uh, he's on the roster. Mike Talkman, who had, hadn't been playing too much, sent uh, sent back down to Albuquerque. So I don't know how much Murphy's gonna play. I suspect maybe not that much, but it's it's hard to play when you're in Albuquerque, hard to play for the Rockies, so at least it's an it's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, he's actually he's had a he's had a good season there, at least for power and stuff. So
0: maybe at some point he makes that transition at the catcher position. He, he,
1: yeah, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how that uh, playing time shakes out. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, get to the topic here of, of fab. Um, and, you know, I, I brought it up a few times throughout the season that last year, in Tout Wars in particular, but, but in other leagues as well, I went through my fab far too quickly and, you know, was regretting it by the time that, uh, you know, July rolled around, maybe even a little earlier. Tried to put the brakes on it this year. Um, I think I've done a little better, but, uh, you know, what's happened for me, and it actually, uh, Matt, on yesterday's show, we had Mike the Rotocop on, and he, he said something that, that I thought was really funny, which was when I contacted him and to ask him if he would come on the show, he, he freaked out a little bit because he, he had just been, I think, on his podcast, being sort of critical of a fab move I made in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational uh, bid uh, 60 dollars on Daniel Palka. And uh, so, you know, we discussed that a little bit. I defended the move. But, you know, that move has been sort of uh, indicative of how I've been managing fab lately, which is I held back early, but I'm struggling in in uh, Tout Wars and in great fantasy baseball, Invitational in particular. And so I figured, okay, it's now or never. If there's somebody I want out there, I'm going to go a little extra because now's my time to try to make a move. Um, so now I'm, I've wound up not being – in a terrible place in terms of fab, but not as not as much, not as wealthy as I'd like to be. So, do you think that there's a general strategy to pursue here in terms of is it okay to spend a lot early? Uh, do you save it up as long as possible? Something in between, or it just sort of depends on where you're at in the standings.
0: Uh, I think it's a combination of everything. I think one is knowing yourself and how you can. Maintained throughout the year. You need a lot of fab in that second half. I personally, I'm aggressive early. Uh, in my leagues right now, I'd say I'm anywhere between 80 to $200 in probably uh, all of them if I did like a uh, an overview. And look, I want to get the guys that can make an impact on my team for as long as possible. I'm willing to take a shot here. You got to be willing to be wrong sometimes. And then there's the other thing you have to look at. You do need to hit on some of your pickups that are like $7, $9, $15. And some of those guys sometimes turn out to be really good for you. So for me, I want to have my team by the all-star. I mean, right now, I'm happy where I'm at in the majority of my league. And the goal is make it to the all-star break. If I have $78 left from that point on, I feel good because all I really need is, you know, about 30 bucks for September. And I should be able to get things
1: done. Well, you know, the way I've looked at this year, and this is a a departure from the past, because in the past it's just, I I haven't really thought that much about timing. It's just, if there's somebody I think who's going to be an impact player, um, you know, make a determination on how much I value that player and just bid it, which is, again, probably why in the past I've, I've spent a lot early. But this year, I decided I was kind of going to try a, a loose budget that, you, you know, you figure there's, uh, you know, 20. Well, there's 26 weeks or, you know, depending on your league set 27 this year. But just, you know, even it out, 25 weeks and with a thousand dollars, that's that's 40 bucks a week. So I figure if there's a player or a group of players that I kind of like, but I'm not totally hung up on them. I'll try to keep my you know spending that week to 40 bucks if um if it's somebody that I think there's going to be no demand for them, um, I might bid zero. Or, you know, I'm going to try to keep it maybe down to like 20 or 30 total for the week. And if there's somebody that I just feel like I have to have, uh, then I might go, you know, as, as far as 80. And I have made one or two triple digit bids this year uh, on, on players that I just, you know, thought that's what it was going to take. Which is, you know, again, that's probably why I'm lower than I anticipated. But, you know, so my thinking is I'm trying to in the in the long run, average forty dollars a week. And it hasn't really worked out. And Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I've got exactly four hundred dollars left. And we're not even halfway through the season. So clearly I'm not on pace there. And in Towers, Wars I'm already down to two seventy. So I had the intention of spending forty a week. But again, with struggling in both of those leagues, I've I've kind of just accelerated it and just said, you know. Attack with it
0: yeah first of all if you have a 400 at this point i think that's pretty damn good you're gonna look at people the second half a lot of people are gonna spend the majority of their money a lot of the bids are gonna be less you'll have some people fall out and the whole key is trying to get guys like a week or two in advance like i got joe musgrove on a bunch of teams and it cost me nothing really you know um a few dollars, maybe $9, $15 here that I bid on him because I bid on him, you know, a couple of weeks before he was going to be ready.
1: That's Well, that's key, and I've, I've been real hit or miss with that approach this year. Um, and, uh, you know, like I was saying, you know, in weeks where I just haven't, you know, seen somebody, you know, that I really need to go after, uh, you know, I'll take players who I think might help, or like you say, you know, maybe you see the impact – a week or two or three weeks ahead, and I'll just bid a uh, bid zero dollars on uh, on those players. So I'm actually right now. I'm just gonna take a, a quick look at my roster because I think I've got a number of zero fab players. I got Johan Camargo for zero bucks. This is 15 team mix, so I mean I think he actually is somebody who pretty much needs to be owned in those formats. So zero bucks for Johan Camargo, uh, Max Stacy for zero bucks. I'm happy with that. Uh, let's see. Well, and I recently picked up, um, Joe Jimenez, uh, for zero bucks, figuring that I don't really trust Shane Green that much. I think Jimenez is excellent and he could be closing late in the season, especially with uh, Mm -hmm. a Tigers team that, you know, if, if it's going well for Green, they could trade him. And I don't think they're going to trade Jimenez. I think he's the closer of the future there. So, uh, you know, that's three names that have, you know, I've either recently picked up or stuck. They've stuck around, but I've I've got a bunch of zero dollar guys that have I've already cycled through. But I guess there's there's nothing really lost there, which is the, the nice part about it.
0: Yeah, no. That's if you have zero dollar bids, then you know that's definitely the way. If you can get guys for free, I mean that's perfect. My mindset is: would I rather be come at the All Star break and be in the top three with only a hundred dollars left? or be in
1: ninth place and have, you know, $500 left. Well, well that's, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Um, you know, just hopefully these moves do do eventually pay off for you. Uh, now, I mentioned I've been struggling in, in great fantasy baseball invitation. I have made a rally in that uh, in that league, uh, you know, so you might argue that my spending has paid off there, but in, in Towers I've, I've sort of been... Stuck in a holding pattern, and actually made a couple of pretty big trades over the weekend to try to try to shake things up there. Um, you know, interestingly, uh, you know, I gave you the amounts that I have left in in those two leagues, and in both leagues, I'm in ninth place in terms of most fabs, or uh, I'm sorry, most fab left. So I'm I'm kind of middle of the pack there. So as much as I'm bemoaning the fact that I didn't stick to my budget. It's not like I'm you know, one of the owners that's at the bottom in terms of having close to nothing left.
0: So, so yeah, no, look, you, you just my view is you just can't always be too cautious. And like, say you want the guy, like you wanted Palka, and say if you would have only bid forty dollars and somebody bid forty-four, and you originally wanted him to put sixty, you know, I'd rather put a couple of extra bucks on guys I'm willing to take chances. And then you got to tighten up when you reach a certain point. And like I said, people are going to spend money, too. They're going to start running out of money. Some people are going to fall well behind. But in 15-team leagues, I mean, we're almost at the halfway point. We're not there yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, things change awful quick. I mean, you can make moves. I see the my leagues are uh, consistently. And there's been times where I've had over 100 points at the all-star break that I didn't cash. So, you know, it's a, the it's a reason it's a six-month season, you've got to keep grinding, and you've got to pay attention to everything. You've got to know, you know know the box scores, know the news, and, you know, take it a chance. But you, I do believe you do need a little – the luck factor is hitting on these guys that are, like, under $20, and they turn a really nice investment. You know, there's only a couple of them a year, but if, you know, if it happens mm-hmm. to be you, that's a major boom.
1: Yeah, I am so regretting that I didn't get in on Max Muncy earlier. Because <laughs> in these leagues, it's now obviously too late. Or too late, even when I started realizing that that was regrettable. Um, so yeah, you know, a player like that, he's been amazing.
0: Too. He's been uh, and he's got first, third base eligibility. Uh, Max DeMersalus has you know he's really delivered, <laughs> and he's got a he's got a home on that team. Like he, Justin Turner, yeah. he's not going to be fine. That's what happens. You know, when you don't have the surgery, you try and play through it. Eventually, you're gonna need the surgery.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see there how that that plays out for uh, Justin Turner. Uh, I got one more uh, thing I wanna. Just uh, think through on this fab question, Matt. Um, I- I've talked on a lot of different episodes this season about how um, I've cycled through a lot of closers and waiting or, you know, guys, at least who I thought would be closers and waiting. Uh, for the most part, it hasn't worked out. But again, for the most part, it also hasn't cost me that much money. But, you know, it adds up um, over time. Do you think it makes sense to... Uh, be more aggressive, getting saves, maybe steals. that's another one where sometimes I've had to play catch up with you know let's just limit to saves and steals. Maybe it applies to other categories as well. But if you're worried about filling these things through fab, maybe is it is, does it make more sense and is it more cost, cost effective to just get them in an auction or get them in the draft and not monkey around with uh, fab spending for that?
0: Well, I, I want to say yes like what, like I thought Jansen was safe this year. But, I mean, he started out that, you know, at least that first month or so was, uh, you know, was kind of a roller coaster. Like you didn't know if he was going to get yelled, if he was going to be the same. He has corrected. But, I mean, the relief pitching is just so bizarre from year to year for the most part. Uh, I think it's, you got to try and get two guys and hope that at least one of those two is the man for the whole season. And if that's the case, you shouldn't from one of them, you should get at least 30 possibly, you know, if it works out perfectly, you get 40 and then whatever you get from the other guy and you'll get a reliever here or there so it's really tough It's, a, it's it, it. there's many ways of going about it but I thought Jansen was like the upper echelon of closers and even this
1: year, you look at it and you scratch your head <laughs> he's looked that way lately, maybe like the past mm-hmm. month or so Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I bring this up a lot cause I'm trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I guess it's just going to have to be like a lot of things in fantasy where it's just trial and error. And, uh, you know, you just, uh, I don't know that anybody's got this, this thing completely figured out. Uh, you just have to try different things and see what works, but the, uh, you know, go fishing on fab on a weekly basis for, uh, you know, people who might become closers in two weeks so far, Two and a half months into the season, can't say it's been a a successful strategy for me. Um, Well, uh, Matt, we got just a little bit of time left here. Uh, We do have a full slate tonight, but in terms of pitching matchups, there's not much that really I think we need to spend that much time uh, (laughs) talking about. It's kind of a lot that uh, you could just pass up on. But um, uh, Zach Wheeler versus Mike fulton I think that should be an interesting one. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two pitchers, just in general? Not even so much the matchup tonight, but are, have you bought in on either or both?
0: I bought in on Uh He's still, you know, the, the full counts do get frustrating, but you see the potential with him.
1: And Wheeler is a project, and you know he's somebody that never put it together. Right? Maybe there's three and a half bucks left. Maybe he's got time. Anyways, we do have to head for break, but when we come back, we will take a look back at yesterday's games and who was great and not so great. Stick around. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. It's Tuesdays with Modica. Matt Modica is in the house. Uh, so, Matt, uh, not a real big slate last night, but uh, we're going to you know, take a look at the highlights and a few of the lowlights as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we will get to that. Uh, before we do, uh, just a quick note here about uh, mybookie.ag if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want but without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Again, the promo code, you know it, it's FNTSY. Okay, so yeah, pretty skimpy slate on uh, Monday, but uh, not necessarily skimpy on offense. We had a couple of two homer games in the same game, Mariners and Angels. Trout going yard twice. Nelson Cruz going yard twice. Uh, Eventful night for Mike Trout, who also uh, uh, was thought maybe injured his foot or lower leg, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, X-rays came back negative, and Trout expects to play tonight. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about... uh, Either of these folks, although, you know, I, I do want to mention it's kind of an aside here that um, I was doing some research for a piece that I'm working on today that has nothing to do with Mike Tretter or, or the Angels. Uh, but um, I, I was looking at some players who historically have been really good with um, uh, runners in scoring position. And one of those players is Justin Upton. And he is not hitting well at all this year with runners in scoring position. His uh, batting average with runners in scoring position is 94 points lower than just his normal batting average. And that's very much the, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm actually looking at the wrong player here, uh, 68 points lower. Um, so it's scary to think that, Mike Trout might actually, uh, you know, score more runs going forward if <laughs> Justin Upton turns that around. I mean, it's, it's hard to hard to believe, hard to think in any way that Mike Trout could be underachieving, but through no fault of his own, he might he might be.
0: Yeah, no, I mean the thing with Justin Upton, and it's always been frustrating in Roto, is he's very streaky and he gets on those insanely yeah. hot runs, but when he goes cold, uh, he goes cold. And as far as Trout, I mean. I treated yesterday in his last 162 games, it's 47 homers, 135 runs, and 32 stolen bases. Jeez. So, I mean, he is its just amazing. And you always want the
1: first pick. It should always be Mike Trout. And then you go from there. Exactly. And so maybe uh, better things to come somehow. Uh, yeah, I've got to uh, think for...
0: that at some point Upton, he gets on one of those streaks again. I mean, we saw it like two years ago. The last six weeks of the season, he was just—he was like the best player.
1: He was just insane how hot he got. That's right, and, I, and before that, I remember on this show talking about, you know, what a disappointing season it had been for him. So that's that's how it goes for Justin Upton. You're right, it's very <laughs> frustrating, uh, especially in a in a head to head league where you know there could just yeah. be a, a, a cold snap and you're just getting nothing out of Justin Upton. Uh, owners got something out of Jake Bowers. Last night, though, hit his first career home run. already up to three doubles. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, walked twice in that game, so really the, the whole deal, other than uh, he has yet to steal a base, which was the thing I sort of hyped about Jake Bowers when he got called up. is, all right, for a first baseman, not a lot of power, but guy can steal some bases, and that, that's the one thing he hasn't done yet. Uh, but uh, have you made any moves to try to pick up Bowers in, in any leagues? I don't have any Bowers. I do like him in the deeper format, but I uh,
0: don't own him anywhere. Look, I think he should have the opportunity going forward. I don't see how Tampa would this guy play out the season for them barring, you know, just a, a total collapse. You know, they basically I think they erred in not trading Archer in the off season, which I thought was definitely gonna happen. But, you know, this is a team that's gotta, you know, play these kids. Uh a, Willie Adamez is up. You know, everybody should be getting action. All these
1: young kids. Malik Smith, just keep him in the lineup. You know, you got him. Let's see what you got. Uh, well, another Ray had a big game last night, too. Not not exactly a kid, uh, but Matt Duffy uh, with a two-hit game and his third stolen base. He's batting three twenty now. And I, I think after his first couple of years with the Giants, he had not ever been thrown out stealing, which I thought was interesting. I think he has since, but uh, there's some some stolen base potential there, some batting average uh, potential, and so he and Bowers have been one and two in the lineup for the last couple of games. And in digging across uh, some uh, batting average on with runners and scoring position data, I already talked about finding that that nugget about uh, Justin Upton. I found something else really interesting, Matt. The Rays are the only team, I have no explanation for this, by the way, but they're the only team that are near the top of the leaderboard in terms of OBP out of the number eight and number nine slots uh, in the whole majors. So, um, you know, there are some teams that might be good out of the nine slot but not the eight or vice versa. But the Rays are in, I think, either the top four or top five in terms of OBP in the la- both of the last two spots in the lineup. So if we're going to see consistently Duffy and Bowers, uh, at the top of the order going forward, I wonder if they're going to be able to get uh, a disproportionate number of, of RBIs out of the t- that you would typically see from a number one or number two hitter. Well, I mean, coming off of that data, you would think that the opportunity should present itself if that if that continues.
0: And just real quick, since you brought up the Rays, what we were we talking about last segment? with like Fab, and it, the Rays triggered it. It was like uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. He was out for two months and stuff, but he could be back in like 10 days. And that was a mm-hmm. guy you had a chance to get for nothing the last couple of weeks. And I saw this week how the how his price drastically changed upon the news of him coming back around June 20th.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a good thing to, to remind all of us about. And also, I would think he might disrupt that batting order and, and go in number one or number two. Uh, although, I don't know, Duffy Bowers, to me, I think that's that's kind of a, you know, both guys with some speed, uh, some on-base potential for both. Uh, to me, Kiermaier makes more sense as a, a middle-of-the-order guy for the Rays, but I guess we'll see how Kevin Cash handles that when, uh, when Kiermaier comes back.
0: You know, it'll be I just hope C.J. Kron stays at the heart of the orders. He's, had a, you know, he's having a really good season. I want him to hit 30 home runs, so if he stays in that middle of the order, maybe he can drive some more in.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he's off to a fantastic start now. Uh, Pierce settling in as the, uh, the leader, or I'm sorry, the uh, uh, cleanup hitter, as you said. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that can uh, certainly only help Cron's uh, value. Uh, Jose Martinez, uh, he is staying hot. Uh, I think maybe about a week or so ago, I was talking about how he's ranking well uh, among first basemen, even though it, it's been much more on the back of batting average than on. A home run power, but now he's picked up the the power as well. Hit his tenth home run uh, last night against the Padres in a three for four game. So, uh, you know, is do you think uh, he's legit in terms of the power we saw from him last year? You think he's getting there, or do you think that uh, you know maybe at this point now that he's hot that maybe you even try to sell Jose Martinez? No, no, I like Jose
0: Martinez a lot, and it's very nice to see the power combined with the average now, but I've been waiting on that. I know the beginning of the year he hit a couple of homers early, and then it was kind of like, you know, we had a long wait. But, you know, since the weekend, it was Friday night, he hit two, and I think he's got like four in his last three or four games. So I he's a guy that I would want to own. I may even pay up for him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was just, you know. Be interesting to see uh, what the consensus is there, but I, I absolutely uh, do uh, do agree with you with that. Uh, Jake Lamb also went yard last night against the Pirates. It's uh, got four homers on the season, but three of them have been in June, and of course he missed a big chunk uh, prior to late May and, and June. Uh, uh, so pretty cold when he came back off the DL, but but seems to be uh, heating up now. Uh, now. That uh, home run came at home. Uh, so, you know, as far as the humidor is concerned, um, you know, that's reassuring. In fact, of the three home runs he's hit this month, two of them have been at home. The third one was at Coors Field. So I, I really thought that Lamb was going to be one of the players who would be most affected by the humidor. Uh, he's not batting for average, which is not something you would have expected from Lamb before. Uh, but do you think there's going to be enough power there? To make it worth putting up with the batting average,
0: uh, you know, last year I really liked land. This year, I don't own any. I think mean, he's a guy you have to, you know, you have to be cognizant. Is if they're they're playing, you know, if there's a week where he's facing three or four lefties, you probably don't want to play him. I think he has power. That I think is one tool He does have. He was hurt too. I believe it was the shoulder, if I'm correct. So that might have sapped some of it out too you know, getting uh, fully recovered from that. I just think, you know, you're not going to see the Irish, you know, against righties. he can do damage, but the left handers, he's pretty much a must sit.
1: Uh, well that, yeah, I think that's definitely, uh, a, a given is, uh, as far as Jake Lamb is concerned. Um, and finally, uh, as far as hitters, the last hitter that we'll talk about uh, for today, uh, Brian Anderson, uh, big offensive game for him against the Giants, his fourth homer of the year. He's been a doubles hitter, uh, hit number 17 and 18 in that particular game. He's got the batting edge average up to 310. Uh, this is somebody who last year really broke out power wise. In the minors, and again, we have not seen a lot of it in terms of home runs. But do you foresee uh, Anderson becoming one of these guys? Maybe uh, you know in the second half, as a you know doubles become homers kind of hitter uh, that you know we should uh, start targeting now.
0: Uh, look, I, I think in fifteen team leagues, if you if you have him, you got to be pretty happy. Even without you know without the power, he's giving you batting average, and he was a guy I picked up early, but. I did not hold on once he was cold and, you know, for for a corner position, whatever. Will the power come this year? I'm not sure. I think eventually he's a guy that could possibly hit like 20 homers. But I'm not sure it's all coming this year. But I think you could see some improvement, you know, with the, you know, as it's getting warmer now, you got July and August still ahead. So a few more balls can meet the yard. Uh
1: yeah. Yeah. we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, certainly the park does not help uh, Brian Anderson mm-hmm. at all in that regard. But uh, the weather, like I said, uh, uh, May, uh, although the Marlins play in the, their conditioning most of the time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I said those the last time we we're going to discuss. I, I'm going to break that promise just, you know, moments after I made it, uh, because I see that a few lineups have come in and a couple of interesting things here. Uh, plus, frankly, uh, Matt, it's just a time for me to shamelessly plug uh, a piece that I wrote uh, last night <laughs> on uh, fan tracks. Five uh, hitters who could really benefit from more playing time, and they might be able to get it. Two of them were Jesse Winker and Harrison Bader, and both are starting uh, tonight. Now, uh, Winker, rather, has been starting regularly lately, so maybe that's not as much of a uh, of a, a leap uh, for him. But he is batting sixth. And Adam Duvall's at first, so, uh, oh Joey Votto rather DHing because the game's uh, in Kansas City. Um, but uh, so I think Duvall might get a little, little more playing time in this series than he's been getting lately. And then for the Cardinals, uh, you got uh, Bader in right field, uh, so you got Fam and uh, Ozuna, but no uh, Dexter Fowler. So um, how do you think this will play out for Harrison Bader because I mean he's got a. a I admit I didn't really understand how speedy he was until recently. So a little power speed combo there if he could just get the playing time.
0: Yeah, that's uh that seems to be the problem here with St. Louis uh crowded outfield. Ozuna and Fam are gonna play every day basically, unless Ozuna misses you know, unless his alarm clock don't work. But you know, Bader has been a, <laughs> been a the uh been a toolsy kid since he's been up there. He's made some nice catches defensively. Uh, and, you know, you would like to see him play more. Fowler has owed some nice money. You know, he's getting paid right now. So there's always that you have to factor in. So, But I would like to see the opportunity. It's just one of those things where it's probably right now going to go back and forth between Fowler and Bader.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's. You know, Fowler's injury-prone, too, so, you know, and so is FAM. so there's, I think there's potential mm-hmm. opportunity there. Uh, well, we've got just a few minutes left, so we'll just cram in a few pitching performances here. Uh, in fact, let me lump three of them together, Stephen Wright, Junior Guerra, Junior, Junior Guerra, and Wade LeBlanc, uh, all with pretty good starts, uh, you know, all sort of underdog types uh, as far as fantasy is concerned, and um, So Stephen Wright, uh, 6.2 scoreless innings. He now has a 22 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak um, coming on the heels of a a seven-scoreless inning outing against the Tigers. Uh, Junior Guerra went six innings, just giving up one run uh, against the Cubs. He's got a 2.71 ERA now. And LeBlanc, I've talked about him a lot lately. I do like him. He's got an even 3.00 ERA, went five innings. Uh, against the Angels, tough opponent. Two runs there. Uh, I think both on solo homers. I know one was from Trout. Uh, so he improves to two and zero. Uh, so Wright, Guerra, LeBlanc—any interest in any of the three? Uh definitely with Wright and Guerra. Uh, Steven Wright a couple of years ago
0: was pretty good with the Red Sox when he had a he had a nice run with them. I think he's going to be in that rotation for a little while as long as he's as long as he continues to pitch well. I got him for, I believe, $9 and a 15-teamer this weekend. I was very happy about that. And uh, Junior Gatter, I mean, he's pitched you know, really well, considering in a deep league, if you got this guy, you're static. I know one of my leagues, somebody dropped him a couple of weeks back, and then I got him for like in the low 40s, high 30s. And I rolled him out there last night versus the Cubs, and that was a nice
1: performance. Yeah, quite, quite a nice performance. All right, and then two pitchers that disappointed. Andrew Haney only lasted three innings, gave up three homers, five runs total. And Massim Bumgarner uh, giving up four runs and five and a third against the Marlins. Any concern with either? Uh, with Haney, I think he's going to be one of those guys
0: that hit and miss at times. You know, when he's got a fa- when Nelson Cruz faces a lefty at home, that's usually. Uh, a, a bonus for Nelson Cruz. And I, look, he's going to have some of those starts, like he did a, a start or two ago, but Bob Gardner, you just got to hang it, hang tight. If I'm back.
1: Yeah. He actually been pretty steady, uh, except for the two out of the last three. So uh, on that note, Matt, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to the next Tuesday with Mohica, or, uh, Mojica. Gotcha. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Turned him into a reliever. Have a great one, everybody. See you here again tomorrow.